Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, December 5th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to read part of the Nativity story, actually the prologue to the Nativity story from Luke's Gospel. But before we do that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, as we enter this season of Advent, may we look to you with expectation, with faith and hope knowing that you will be faithful, knowing that you will be present, knowing that you will continue working in this world just as you have before. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, I'd like to offer you a little context before we jump into scripture. In the beginning of Luke's gospel, there is a story of a man named Zechariah. And It is first important to note that for all of ancient Israel, they believed that a prophet would come to point them to the Messiah. So before the Messiah comes into the world, a prophet would come. Most believed it might be Elijah. But we had the story of Zechariah in the first chapter of Luke's gospel. And Zechariah was a righteous man. He was a priest. And one day while he was in the sanctuary, the angel Gabriel came to him and said, Your wife will bear a son, and he will point the way to the Messiah, and you are to name him John. This was wholly unbelievable on Zechariah's part because his wife was old and they had no children up until then. And so Gabriel says, "Um, because you didn't believe, you will not speak until the child comes and it's time to name him. And so our passage picks up at that point in the story. We're in Luke chapter 1, verses 24 through 45. Zechariah's wife is named Elizabeth. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. 
Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, how are you and what's been bringing you joy lately? I am good. Um, Let's see, two nights ago, well, Thanksgiving was a joy um, in the sense that we had lovely friends and family around, although it wasn't eating extravaganza and I'm glad it's over. Did you have your... uh no to little mayonnaise. Uh, we didn't make it this year, thank heavens. <laughs> but I made a chocolate pie that tasted almost exactly like my grandmother's. Mm. So that was a win. Um, but we put our tree up, and that's bringing me a lot of joy. I like to get up early in the morning before it's light and no one else is awake and turn the light on and have my tea in front of it. So that's bringing me a lot of joy. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. What's bringing me joy is Allie and I traveled quite a bit and to be back in our own bed, yes. which is the most comfy bed in the world, in my opinion, uh, is lovely. And we also put our tree up and are kind of what I would call jet lag time, but is also known as terror time of going to bed at nine and getting up at four. And so we also... That's the way to live, my friend. <laughs> we also have been getting up at about four before the light and just sitting uh, before the tree. And it's been uh, a delightful mornings together. Uh, so it's brought That's me awesome. a lot of joy. But to our scripture, you kind of gave us an overview of, of, who's, of who Zechariah was, <laughs> but who is Elizabeth, and, ah, and what yes. do we learn about her? Uh, what do we know about her? So Elizabeth mm-hmm. is descended from Aaron, so she grew up in the priestly families. Mm-hmm. Um, we know from the earlier passage that she and Zechariah were considered righteous before God. They kept the commandments. They kept all of the statutes that were in the Old Testament. Um They were just good, good people. Um, We know that she is described as barren, which means that up to that point she had not been able to conceive. Um, And I imagine that was very painful Mm -hmm. and brought some shame on them in that culture at that time. Um, And so we have this person of Elizabeth who in the um, first chapter up until this point is kind of a sketch Do you know what I mean? We don't know a lot about her. But Mm -hmm. what I learn about Elizabeth in this passage alone is that she is so very faithful. um, And she knows that God has taken away her disgrace. But however, she, I imagine, also knows that there are going to be a lot of questions from everyone in her community. So she just sequesters herself. Um, And I imagine her just, you know, growing and loving this human that she'd waited her whole life for and knowing that somehow he is faithful. I think the other thing I really love about Elizabeth is that she is a trusted 
cousin of Mary's. Because when this incredible thing happens, and when the angel tells her, oh, by the way, Elizabeth is also pregnant. I have this image of Mary like busting out of the house and running as fast as she can to the Judean hill country to see Elizabeth. Elizabeth to me is, there are times in my life where something so momentous happens that I have to think, who am I going to tell this to? And it has to be someone I trust, someone that you know, is good and kind. And that's who Elizabeth is for Mary. And so we really start to see this faithful and um, loving companion for Mary. What do you think we learn about Elizabeth or what do you get from this passage in her? Yeah, I see Elizabeth as someone who, to you, as you said, is is incredibly faithful and is someone who uh, is able to turn her past pain into joy with others, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Uh, I think think of, um, there's almost an an exact example of this in my life that I've found of, I have a friend who, um, you know, they had, uh, they had difficulty conceiving, they had difficulty uh, bearing children, and and then they did actually... uh, they were able to have a child and, uh, and then other pain came, uh, as they tried to have their second. And I remember when telling them that, uh, when Allie and I are pregnant and, you know, you kind of go with some trepidation because you know, the pain that you, yeah. Yeah, that the person has experienced. You don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to hurt. Uh, and their response is nothing but joy because they understand mm. the grace, uh, and the love of that. Uh, and that's a very, just an incredible faithful place to be because yeah, it would be very easy to and understandable uh, to, to, to kind of have jealousy or bitterness or frustration uh, yet uh, there's nothing but love and delight. And that's what I see with Elizabeth of, you know, this 16 year old who's, able, who's yeah. been chosen by God and is going to bear this, you know, that could be, triggering or frustrating but nothing but joy and love does she hold her cousin in in that moment it reminds me of you know i've had a very specific uh kind of supernatural interaction with god particularly around my call to preaching and um you know the joke in my family is that if there's a wrong way to say something my husband will nail it every time (laughs) like if it's possible to put your foot in your mouth he'll do it because he's just so analytical right yeah And so when I had that experience of feeling this call to preaching, I started crying and I couldn't tell anyone because I was just, who would believe me? Yeah. Um, I didn't think I was good enough. But when I finally told Brian, instead of saying the exact wrong thing, he said, you would be amazing at that, Mm. right? So how do you tell someone you've had an experience of God and have them not trivialize it? or make light of it. And Elizabeth, what she actually does is she says to Mary, oh, blessed are you. She blesses her, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. no, well, what about my kid or Mm -hmm. any of that stuff? She blesses her. And I think that's just such a lovely friendship. Mm -hmm. There's someone that, uh, that can help you take your experience with God, which is expansive in and of itself and expand it even more. is an incredible person to have in your life. Yep. So I want to end with this little poem by Charles Bukowski, which reminded me as I was reading it about um, kind of those God moments and what they lead us to. He writes, 
unless it comes out of your soul like a rocket, unless being still would drive you to madness or suicide or murder, don't do it. Unless the sun inside you is burning your gut, don't do it. When it is truly time, and if you have been chosen, it will do it by itself and it will keep on doing it until you die or it dies in you. There is no other way and there never was. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.